It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome back to Brainguru Studios. My name is Andrew Page and you have tuned in for the call. That means we're going to go through 10 different stocks and we've got two experts to give you the lowdown on exactly what you should do. And today we've got two of my favorite guests on. And also I should mention too, a very warm welcome to those who are watching this show on Twitter. So in studio today, I'm joined by Rudy Filipek van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, Happy New Year. I know. It's already 2021. Already so much has happened. Well, we, we can leave the craziness of 2020 <laughs> behind us, apparently. Really? Uh, that's what a lot of people are saying, but it's not going so well so far. And we're also joined by Claude Walker from A Rich Life live via Skype. Claude, always good to see your smiling face. Thanks for having me on and Happy New Year to you too, mate. Yes, yes. Um, uh, I'm so pleased when I see you guys come up on the roster because I know it's going to be a good show. Uh, we've got some really interesting stocks to get through. Uh, but before we get to the ones that you, our viewers, have suggested, let's take a quick look at Accent Group as our stock of the day. This is the owner of the, uh, the athlete's foot, uh, Hype DC, shoes, basically. Something you might consider pretty boring. However, However, Rudy, uh, this company has just been shooting the lights out, let it be said, for many, many years in terms of its earnings growth. And today they have not disappointed, or in fact, after the close of trade yesterday, saying that they expect their first half EBITDA to be around 40 to 45% higher. They had some incredibly strong sales towards the end of the half. What do you think about Accent, Rudy? Um, I, well, I, I'll pick up on your, on your comment that you made. This has been regarded for quite a long time, one of, one of the better retailers we have in Australia. Um, and at times, um, if people look for quality in retail, they, they often point at Accent Group. Um, I've been to the, I've been to the uh, athlete's foot myself a couple of times. Um, I must say, there is that extra service that you get. Yeah. Um, in terms, of, in terms of, of their market update, I, I, I think there's probably a wider context here to point out and um, when I was on this show last year I already pointed out that some analysts had, had, had made a point that we, we would have and we probably have had about 1 million Australians more in Australia than we, than we had in other years mm -hmm. and those are the people that usually would go to Europe or the US on a ski trip or overseas to, uh, uh, to visit their family and all of that and mm -hmm. we all had to stay indoors this year. Mm -hmm. That spending has gone somewhere, and people haven't haven't stopped spending. And I think what what, is, what, what, what Accent Group released yesterday after the close, I think is probably indicative for uh, a, a, a widespread range of companies in Australia who are leveraged, if not simply exposed, to consumer spending in Australia. So I, I, I suspect that we will we will see more uh, positive announcements from um, similarly companies to are similarly in similar fashion um, benefiting the fact that we are spending in Australia this year and I wouldn't exclude the fact that that, that includes the likes of Woolworths for example as well 
uh, and, it, and it probably goes to the likes of uh, of, an, of an ARB core at the other on the other spectrum and, and a BEP core etc and everything in in the middle right? yeah so it's yeah. not it's not just uh, the, the food retailers or the I mean it, it'll it'll expand to as I said also to the to the wine the BWS uh, and, and 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 simply uh, grocery shopping I think so uh, a couple things I'll pick up on there so uh, what you are saying is that it's simply a bit of a sugar hit due to our current unique circumstances going out to 2022 23 and beyond does do, does that uh, does that not yes. be as impressive as you say when people start spending their money yeah. elsewhere the, the the challenge from here onwards is will be to assess whether this has well whether this goes beyond the next quarters mm-hmm. basically yeah uh, probably one of the positives I picked up this morning is that uh, analysts at City have ob- already updated on Accent Corp and the one sentence that that caught my attention is that they they are experiencing margin increase mm-hmm. and City is sort of suspecting that that margin increase might stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means that even if, if the, even if the growth will, will be not as spectacular in, in the quarters ahead, they will still become more profitable because their margins will stick at a higher level. I see. So the positive news doesn't necessarily end with a fantastic December quarter. Mm-hmm. So is it a buy for you, a sell or a Extend group. Um, I, I think I think you can still add it to your portfolio. Okay. A cautious buy, yes, we might and say. I, and, on I, that. and I think momentum and, and not some, I think momentum for that sector in, in general, I think, is 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 poised to remain positive for the for the weeks ahead. In particular, with the reporting season upcoming, mm-hmm. and if retailers don't report in February, they will do so after February. Mm-hmm. So there is, I think, there's more positive news to come. And and one. Positive announcement will feed on, on, on the next one, I think. Okay. Hey, Claude, what do you think? Our accent group, is shoes the, the kind of area that you like to invest in typically? Well, um, you probably know the ins and outs of the shoe sale, selling business better, better than I do, but uh, obviously retail is one of the areas that I'm a little bit weaker on just because I prefer to chase those really long-term secular tailwinds in software and he- healthcare. So whilst retail and shoes generally isn't a a favorite of mine, I do have to say, uh, I think that retail and Accent Group are getting a bit of a hard deal from the market right now because they've just put out this amazing um, update showing really strong growth and the stock's up like three or 4% or something like that. So for me, I think there's probably a short-term opportunity in there as, as Rudy was saying with the momentum, I think that we'll probably see some more positive notes from brokers here. And also, if you look at retailers, um, this one is one that has A, been really quite well run for retail over a long period of time, and B, it's actually not outrageously expensive if we're willing to give it credit for the results that it's going to put in for this half. Now, I think what's happening, as Rudy said, basically, was a lot a lot of the markets thinking, oh, this is bumper results, this half for retail, but it's going to go down. But still, you know, when you're not paying too much and basically you know, the market's almost pricing the momentum to drop out of the sales, then, yeah, if you're a little bit optimistic, you could go for it. I think this is a, one of the better retail stocks, but just because I'm, I only have like a couple of retail stocks in my portfolio and they're much more online focused. So for me, I don't have a sort of long-term secular tailwind here that would really attract me to the stock. But at the same time, I, I would not be surprised if there's a, a couple of weeks momentum trade in this. But for me, I guess, taking the more long-term view, I'd see it more as a hold at current prices, even though it's actually quite close to a buy just because it's reasonably cheap compared to some other retailers, I think. 
Yeah, okay, very interesting. We could talk more about Athlete's Foot because there's a lot, oh, sorry, I should say accent because there is uh, just, it's yeah. interesting, a lot more interesting than you would expect, but we don't have time. Let's instead talk about a different kind of retailing. Claude, I'm going to stay with you. Let's talk Redbubble. Liam has written in, uh, the ASX code is RBL, not yet profitable, but we've heard talk recently, in fact, here on Ausbiz, saying they might get a bit of a sugar hit with everyone having to buy masks. And if you're going to buy a mask, why not buy one from Redbubble with a with a uh, artistic design on it? Is, is that enough to get you over the line? It's That exact theory is not enough to get me over the line, but I actually <laughs> think there's probably something to it. You know, it's not, I don't, even though it sort of sounds like a bit of a funny, trite, small thing, like I think it's a real thing. And, and I think this is probably something that has been, well, it's definitely something that's been helping the company um, in America and anywhere, really. Like, masks have suddenly become this big thing, and they're a perfectly suited item for Redbubble. People want to personalize their masks, um, a little way to express yourself when you can't show your face. And so I think that that's really fallen into their hands. Um, so basically, yes, I like this one. It's totally investable. There's no way I'm going to say that uh, a company of the quality of Redbubble is... Uh, um, is a sell, but it's just you can see there in that chart what an incredible run it has had this year. And I actually owned it for a little while, and um, then I thought, oh, this has run too hard, too fast, and sold it. Well, that was my mistake, which is why you won't hear me saying sell again because I already sold my shares at a lower price than the current price. And and it's just the typical story is like when something's got good, genuine underlying business momentum, that can go on a lot longer than. Um, you, you might think. And what's more, probably the share price momentum, if it's a good story, can actually go on even after the business momentum starts slowing down. Now, why can't I say it's a buy or why don't I buy back in, even though the fact that this is an online retailer has little network effects for those people that don't know, you know, you've got this number of artists that are incentivized to submit to Redbubble because that's where they can access um, the audience. And so as that number of artists grows, Redbubble gets more power to negotiate lower costs for manufacturing of all of these things and, and it's a sort of flywheel effect as it grows. That's really good. That's why I think it's a decent quality business that probably I should have held on to. However, downside here is that we do have one of my heuristics triggered, which is that the CEO and MD recently sold about 6 million shares and is stepping down as CEO. So even though this looks like a really good story to me and obviously the market loves it, for me, I just have this sort of almost automatic thing, which is sometimes wrong, by the way, where if the CEO is stepping down and selling shares, that for me is a bit of a red flag. And now obviously there are some, you can point to some examples where that's happened and the company's just gone on to do absolutely brilliantly, but there's a lot of examples where that's actually been a bad time to buy as well. So that's what sort of keeps me stop, like I can't say buy and I can't say sell, so it has to be a hold for me. We'll go for a hold. Rudy, what do you think about Redbubble? I remember it wasn't that long ago that they seemed to be really, really fell out of favor with uh, the market and yet yeah. things have turned around massively. Uh, too late to get in? Um, too late to get in, the, mil the multi-million dollar question, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yep. Uh, there's a couple of things to point out. I mean, first of all, I've, I've definitely underestimated um, the, the progress they've made and, and definitely the way the market fell in awe with them. Um, I do think that people need to realize that um, at the moment, it, it is a time in the share market to take risk. And, and people don't really care much about the downside. The downside now is if you're, if you're on the wrong side of the momentum trade, uh, you easily see your shares going down by 10, 15, 20%. Um, so far, the, obviously, the, I mean, Redbubble is in the same category as, as some of the other stuff that 
afterpay, for example, or a zero, they just don't want to fall. Um, it doesn't mean they can't fall at some stage. I think, I mean, I, I'm at the stage in the general, in the general uh, market terms that um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very profitable time to take, to take risk. Um, some fund managers are reporting uh, returns of 70% over the last calendar year. Well, um, we all know that uh, unless we have a new normal, that's not normal. Mm. Um, I suspect that if the share market does have a, have a conniption, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the lookout for it, it it'll happen mm. at some stage, not necessarily tomorrow or next month. Mm. Um, stocks like Redbubble probably will get, will get slaughtered because they're very much now on the, on the I take risk side. Um, so you have to take that into account, and the fact that the share price stays where it is at the, po at the moment uh, could be a, mo a, 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 a particular time in, in, in a particular moment in time. Mm. Um, I'm not so much a risk taker as, as someone who manages risk, mm -hmm. and, and from that perspective, I would, I would if you want to ju still jump on board this company, I would definitely wait for, for a serious correction to, to pop in. We had one in September, mm. and if you jumped on board in September, you would by now already have made something like 30% or so. Mm. So to, to pick your timing on, on a stock like Redbubble, definitely, because you don't want to be down 30%. That's, that's the whole thing about I, it. I, I hear what you're saying. We get a lot of um, guests on the show and they, they, they say similar things. And it, you can't argue it's, yeah. it's When there's a really good company and there's a sell-off and you've got a long-term focus, I mean, absolutely, it's a wonderful opportunity. However, Is it the missing out what I get? Well, <laughs> I, what, I, what I find, I've been doing this long enough, yes. Rudy, to know that, and, and this isn't me um, casting dispersions at others, this is very much me looking in the mirror, is that we all say we're going to do that, right? So yeah. It's like, oh, I really, really oh, I missed out, but tell you what, next time that pulls yeah. back, I am yeah. going to back the truck I know up. what you're saying, because when it falls about 30%, you're you gonna go, go, whoa, what's yes. going on? Oh, I'm not buying this. Wait a sec, you, you know, your yes. past self yes. from six months ago said yeah. you would buy, and now that you've, yes. you've been given that exact opportunity, mm, and you start to doubt yourself. So it's just, I, it's a conundrum that I point mm. out yes. um, in light of your comments, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, one yeah. of, I would urge anyone at home watching, for those that might be nodding their heads and thinking that that makes a lot of sense, which it does, and I'm not arguing that it doesn't, that make sure you sort of commit yourself to actually following through because mm. believe mm. you me, if you don't, you will regret it mm. potentially down the track. And the other one is, of course, when it does drop by 30%, then it goes up by 7 8% on a day. Yes. Ah, oh, it's gone now. Yes. Right? <laughs> and then we miss yeah. the next 30%. Yes, yeah, 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 100%. I'll tell you what, guys, we are, we are <laughs> 15 minutes into the show and we've only talked about one of the stocks that viewers have seen in, so we really have to move <laughs> along here. We're going to stay with retail. Court, I'm going to come back to you. What do you think about the reject shop? Uh, it's had a bit of a choppy past. Yeah, right. Well, that's it's a good question. It does have a choppy past. It's such a choppy business because it has so much operating leverage in it. So, you know, as you know, like they have a bit of a problem. They get the wrong items that don't sell as well. Revenue goes down. They have high fixed costs. And suddenly, for um, just losing a little bit of revenue relatively, they can have their profit absolutely smashed. That is the nature of the business. It's a low margin uh, business and that is exactly the kind of business I just avoid. I don't know why people do it. Andrew, you know, like the big gains usually come from the high quality companies that have more recurring revenue growth, you know, fi um, fixed costs on almost locked in growing revenue. That's what I'm looking for. So for that reason, you know, it's just not the kind of company that I, I want to invest in. Now, having said that, that is, it fails on a quality ground for me just like that. Having said that, there's a second intellectual question for me that perhaps is interesting to some viewers which is you know is it um well priced uh or is it cheap now 
I'm not quite sure about that, but all I will say is that it has a relatively strong balance sheet at the moment, which does reduce risk and maybe leaving with an enterprise value of 160 million. And I'm looking at analyst estimates guessing that it's going to make over 8 million. So it doesn't look overly cheap to me, but then offsetting that, uh, we have got quite a bit of like on and off just director buying of the stock recently, which maybe uh, suggests that they see value there. And don't forget, we are seeing a lot of these retailers put out good updates. Like we've already talked about um, two retailers that are hitting it out of the park right now. So retail seems to be going well in the current settings, even if it's only for this half and maybe next half. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, you know, just looking at the heuristics again, the director buying the situation, how that industry is going right now look there's probably a gain i reckon there's probably a trade opportunity there but yeah so for me i so because of that i wouldn't say sell but having said that i'm, I'm sorry this is just me with retail most of the time having said that it's just like not long and long-term great quality business that i'm looking for so for that reason I, I have to say it's a hold at best you know we often talk about the show on the show about our job as investors to say no is, is really what we're in the job of doing most of the time. And another one there that just to pick up on what you're talking about, Claude, is to play to your strengths. And uh, uh, if, if you know something isn't deemed to be within your circle of competence or you've just got preferences elsewhere, absolutely no, nothing wrong with saying no. Um, uh, so Hitesh has written in about this one, Rudy. Reject Shop, do you share Claude's views or do you take a different uh, Slight, angle? Slightly different. Um, I, I always say to people, in, in, in addition to your words, you have to know yourself and you have to know your risk profile. Yeah. I think the general context at this point in time still is it will reward risk taking. And I think from that perspective, the reject shop is worth taking. Having said so, um, it's not without risk. The history of it, of it is very, very, <coughs> let's, let's keep it, uh, let's keep it uh, uh, docile here. Uh, these, these shares at one stage were double the price of today and today is doubled what it was earlier. So it gives you an idea yeah. how much money has gone lost over the years. This is a turnaround story. Previous management has been booted out, new management has come in. Some analysts uh, have positive views about what this management team can, can potentially achieve. The sector itself is, 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 is have momentum. So I think this, this could potentially be one of those that doubles or triples in price from here onwards mm -hmm. still, mm -hmm. given and on the premise that that, 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 that potential comes through. Yeah? Um, and that's far from, from, secure, from secure. So for those who are willing to take, to take on the risk, uh, obviously do it with, uh, not with the whole portfolio, but yep. uh, this could be one of those low quality stocks that have its momentum under the sun, basically. So would you put it as a buy under, the, under uh, that a speculative uh, qualification? speculative yep. buy. Yep. Um, Context but also matters, exactly, as I'm fond of Exactly, saying. but yeah. also given the history uh, of the company, don't be as foolish and, and, and pretend then all of a sudden after you double the share price that you now you've become a long-term shareholder. Yes, <laughs> very good point. It's also worth mentioning as well, I think when you look at the real big gains from investors on the market, it isn't those that scored a quick 30 or 40% on a lucky pop. It's those that sort of hold for multi-years and get the five, yes. 10 baggers. Yes. Yes. That's where the money really yes. is, but that takes a huge amount of emotional fortitude. Yes. 
Let's and not go down that rabbit hole because we do not have the luxury of time. Vic has written in asking about Reese. And Reese, as uh, anyone who's ever done any home renovations would know, is in the business of selling taps and uh, that kind of business. It's actually, Rudy, had a really good run for a long time, but I just had a, I brought it up quickly before the show. It seems as though it's had a really flat performance earnings-wise in recent years. Is this just a pause for breath before the next leg up, or is there something more structural at play, do you think? U.S. acquisition, U.S. housing market, that's, that's all we need to know. That's it, okay. Um, okay. And, 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 and in previous times, um, it was, it was okay. still regarded, a very highly, highly regarded retailer, but it was tightly held, family owned, very low float, yeah. uh, somewhere in the margin. Some people had for the, for the, for the, for the, for the yield. And uh, it's all of Awakened and has done a massive um, acquisition. That's probably dilution from the acquisition, I'm assuming. Um, well that's probably not adjust, adjusted. Yeah, that's what, that, that's though, what yeah. I'm thinking. Um, and um, it's now a leverage to the to U.S. housing market. Mm -hmm. um, they are, last time I checked, they are they are going well, and that's where the share price is where it is. Okay. Um, I mean, so so it's, so it's it's one of those situations where they've foregone short term profits yeah. to build the foundation for the next leg yes. of growth, and they've, and they've taken a and massive the bet because that's for the size of the company that was a major acquisition they did in the U.S. Yeah. And now we have to see the execution, basically. Okay. Uh, so, uh, in short, it's a hold. Hold. Um, uh, but I would almost dare to think that if it, if it corrects at some point, that you should you should definitely think about buying. A hold and watch, we will say. <laughs> Claude, what about you on Reese? Is is one that has come across your desk before? Yeah, I mean, of course, basically, this is a must look at company for anyone who wants to be an investor, because it's a really instructive for on the ASX, I'll say just because it's a really instructive, classic example of like a really old school moat. So first of all, just to clarify that chart that we saw the long term chart, that's that's not correct chart, because there was, I think, a five for one split in 2017, 2018, uh, somewhere around yep. then, like, and so actually, the long term chart is just pretty much up and to the right, you know, it goes down a bit from time to time. But this has been a classic moat comp company. This is your compounder. This Someone like a growth investor like me and somebody who's a value investor can probably both agree, at least at certain points in time, that this has been a good company. Now, the reason that it has that is because like Burson, it has this distribution network where it's distributing, you know, these pipes and plumbing things to this massive, uh, you know, number of nodes which is the plumbers and stuff that want to buy as well as occasionally you retail diy renovators and stuff like that but it's very expensive to build out this distribution network network and distribution networks are can be a classic um competitive advantage and it just would take a lot of money for somebody to compete with that because it's capital intensive and basically you need to have people coming and buying um your stuff and in order to compete on price so that for that reason, we see in its share price the effect of this long-term moat. Now, as Rudy's already covered, there's this whole sort of game-changing acquisition in the US, which probably expands it outside of that area where it had this wonderful competitive advantage. But it's still been a really well-run business. But the irony of this thing is once you get dilution, sometimes that gets more fundies in that actually creates it falling onto the radar of more people. So you actually have the multiple going up, even while arguably the actual quality of the business i would say they've gone potentially into an area where it's more competition and it's not going to be as good a business so for that reason i wouldn't give it a buy again just because i think that um i reckon it'll probably still actually match the market or go up but obviously i'm looking for something a little bit better than that for my buys 
But mm -hmm. yeah, look, I think it's good company. I'll give it a hold. I think this is a good company for those people that, you know, just want it. They've got alliance management, um, stuff like that. It's definitely one that I sort of cut my teeth on looking at and probably should have just bought and held way back when I started investing. Um, but yeah, hold for me at current prices, given there has been uh, multiple expansion, as I understand it. Okay, I know what you're talking about here. It is a real masterclass for anyone wanting to sort of study uh, how a, a, a compounder works. Uh, according to my chart here, these guys listed in 1991 at about 24 cents, uh, and they're now at 16.36. And what that doesn't tell you is how many dividends they've paid out along the way. But the time is not right. That was uh, for Vic, who wrote in about uh, Reese. Gents, let's let's kick it up a gear. Let's. We're going to get, I'm going to bring the whip out here and uh, speed things along. Eastern Investments, EAS is the code. Shaz wants to know, buy, hold or sell. Claude, I'll start with you. Yeah, right. So for me, unfortunately, even though I really like this company, I probably have to uh, give it a sell. Uh, the reason is first I should disclose I own this company right now. And also the last trade I did with it was to reduce my holding a little bit. So for me, it sits somewhere between a hold and a sell. But absolutely, I have to say, um, you know, my thinking around this company is sell. It's a really interesting story, right? So this is a company that was had really complex holding structure. It had sort of accountancy businesses, but it sort of was moving in the direction of businesses where you supply uh, training and, you know, professional development online and in-person um, packages to accountant and wealth advisors. And so that is a more obviously like capital light business that scales better. So the reason I bought shares in it is this was before the share price went up. This is, I've been buying shares from 70 cents to a dollar, basically, I think maybe even a bit higher. Um, and this is because it was like a dividend paying company that was cheap and that was moving into um, basically uh, trying to fix up its business to make it simplified holding structure, get rid of some of the uh, sort of more professional services business and move into this education training continuing professional development stuff which is more of one would hope a subscription constant recurring revenue kind of thing and uh basically that should be that should give it a multiple uplift now what has happened most recently is that hub 24 which is you know one of those go-go uh, mm. stonks as they say has actually said oh we're kind of interested in this business and we see complementary synergies between um, Eastern's doc, you know, the ongoing training business that we can then, you know, essentially distribute and push through our connections with all of these advisors, etc. So they have done some agreement, and basically, um, the, the the result is that um, they're going to buy up to a third of any holder's shares at a dollar twenty, and that sh that saw the share price go up to now a dollar fifteen, a dollar twenty. Now, uh. for me, I still think probably long term it's good, but. Also, this was always kind of a value play for me, and I've seen some of that re-rate. So uh, that's that's where I'm at with it. That's why I'm kind of like, oh yeah, Makes I still sense. think it'll go up, but I'm I'm kind of ready to sell. Uh, and Rudy, I guess we we can infer from that uh, share chart that we saw before. This is an extremely illiquid stock. Yes. In fact, just bringing it up on yes. my screen yes. here, there's been zero trades today. Yes. Yes. Zero trades, yes. and there's quite a gap between the bid yes. and the offer here. Yes. Yes. Something else to consider. Yes. Well, no, that was that was, that was the, that's usually the point I, I make. <laughs> <laughs> beat just, you, beat just, you to it. Just a little slide step. That your your previous flashback on on the Reese also didn't include that for years the shares traded at a few thousand shares a day right? yes which I mean who buys that stuff? very right? hard yeah I always, I'm always surprised that any fund manager can be in there anyway very short on on Eastern uh, too small too illiquid too unknown uh, as far as I'm, I'm concerned 
And uh, you have to be careful as an investor, while this is a time when risk is being rewarded, that you don't want to take on so much risk that the balance of, of, of upside and downside is very much in, like it's very much a, a toss-up. I mean, mm -hmm. you, want, you still want to keep the risk in your, to your favor. Yep. Okay, Shaz, I hope that has helped you there with Easton. Uh, Rudy, let's stick with you. Christine wants to know about Damstra, DTC, mm, Workplace mm. Management Software. This one's come up a few times. Claude, Claude is much more proficient in, in Damstra. But I mean, it's, it's the, obvious concept, the obvious observation to make is obviously there's a Dutch connection there. We, I, would, we would say Damstra in, in, in the Holland. Damstra. Um, I think in, in, in a, in a, in, in, on a specific level, they bought a company um, which was not that well managed mm -hmm. and that always raises a question mark for me is how well is a not so well managed company going to do under a different ownership and that's a big question mark. Is that a cultural challenge? Well, it depends. In, in the sense you, you, never, you never know what, yeah. you, you never know how to turn around a, a badly managed company or Easy. not so well managed company. Yeah? Uh, and and I mean, we've seen, for example, with Downer EDI, that that didn't work. Mm -hmm. yeah, then, then then have to write off value and then sell some of some of the assets. Yeah. Ultimately, um, on a more on a more broader level, there is a discrepancy which is very noticeable between the Nasdaq in the U.S. and and technology stocks in Australia. Uh, the reflation reopening trade here is very much drawing money away from from smaller cap uh, technology stocks. On that premise, I would almost be inclined to say that uh, don't expect too much from stocks like Damstra for the time being. Mm -hmm. um, uh, everyone is interested now in, in how, how far iron ore and oil will go and, and not so much in, in whether Damstra will uh, get a positive turnaround out of the company they acquired. Mm -hmm. um, and longer term, medium to longer term, they still have to prove that that acquisition will, will, will prove very beneficial, I think. so. Big question mark, hold at best, I would say. Hold at best. So Claude, you know a little bit more about this company. Again, I just have to remind us of time here. What's the short and sweet response with Damstra? Damstra. I like it, basically. Um, I, I have uh, bought recently, uh, and I also made it one of my sort of uh, four stocks for I'm optimistic about in 2021. So my thinking here is basically, um, it had a lot of hype and recommendations as um, it did this takeover of Bolt, which was obviously going to give it more scale, make it bigger. And then that pushed it up to like $2.50. And I'm sorry if I repeat something. I I missed a little bit then. But uh, basically, uh, there's been a substantial holder selling that have pushed it down to uh, as low as $1.40. And I, that's where I sort of started buying, just below $1.40. Uh, essentially, you know, I think there's a lot of uncertainty around these results given the, mer the merger with Vault. But I think that with COVID tracking people around work sites and also even workplaces um, is going to become more important from here. Damster have absolutely lent into that. They've got sort of temperature checking, stuff like that. And as long as these new, the big risk is these new results once the companies are combined, if they deliver and what, on what the market is expecting there, I would expect quite possibly that it, it, the, the share price recaptures some of its momentum. So I'm a, I'm a seller at prices above $2, and I think $2.20 was my last sell, but below $1.40, it looks pretty good to me. And I, and I recently did buy shares at that, at, at that some price in that range. So I put you down as a buy for the purposes of this show? 
Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. All right, let's let's do that. It's actually a pretty safe one to do because it's not going to change our portfolio. We do need consensus before we do that. What am I talking about? For those who are just new to the show, we run our own portfolio here at The Call. How do we do it? Well, if our two experts agree that a stock is a buy, we will pick that up uh, at the end of the trading day. But if it is anything but, uh, and a stock is already in the portfolio, we will kick it out. So um, I will take you through exactly how that portfolio has performed and there will be some changes as of today. But uh, well, actually here it is right now. As you can see, financial year to date, it's been a very impressive return, pretty flat really over the last week and the last month. Now the stock of the day was Accent. That is one that's been nominated by me and, and got them. Uh, that was in the portfolio, but we didn't get a consensus buy on that. So we're gonna kick that out at the end of today. Redbubble was also in the portfolio. That means that's gonna get kicked out as well. And uh, Demstra is also going to get the boot. Uh, as well. What has been added in recently? Uh, well, we've had a few things uh, added in. Nick Scarly, the most recent one uh, from memory. Uh, also, A2 Milk, Illumina, Viva Energy, CSL, and Newix being added into the portfolio. Uh, aside from the one I've mentioned, we've also kicked out Dutura Royalties and Sydney Airport and me moving all over the place and making Gotham's job very difficult there in the in the production studio. So apologies for that, mate. Let's uh, let's uh, do a quick summary of those stocks that I just mentioned. Uh, Redbubble. There was a lot of positive things to say about this company from from the two gentlemen. Uh, nice network effect there. Seems to be really reinforcing uh, things, but uh, just a, a little bit too expensive. I think was was the take home message there. When it comes to the reject shop, Claude was just not interested uh, in the slightest. Uh, basically, it's just a very, very tough space, thin margins. Um, however, Rudy did think that there's some better management in place now, some good potential. Uh, he did uh, say that there is, rightly, uh, quite a bit of risk in here, if I'm, if I'm correct, Rudy. So it was a buy, but the context here is important, Rudy, classifying that as a speculative buy. Uh, then we then turned to Reese, a business that's been around forever. Uh, and one that has done incredibly, incredibly well. Earnings have been a little bit flat as they've moved into the US, but really some good potential there. But at this stage, the, uh, the experts want to wait a little bit longer before they pull the trigger. So that was a double hold. We got to then to Eastern uh, Investments. Shaz sent that one in. Very small, very illiquid business. Claude has been a uh, holder in the past, but uh, I think maybe still holds a few shares if I'm, if I'm uh, correct there, Claude, but he has most recently been selling uh, again on valuation concerns. And as far as Rudy is concerned, it was just too illiquid and too small to, to even look at. And then we ended up on Demstra. And as you just heard before, um, workplace management, big acquisition uh, that's at play there. For Claude, it's a buy. Ideally, he'd like to get it below $1.40, but would probably be looking to take profits at around $2, $2.20. And for Rudy, that was a hold. Okay, let's get into the back five. We've got five more stocks that you've sent through. Uh, Rudy, let's go to you first. James wants to know about Class. CL1 is the company. What do you reckon? Yet another turnaround story. Yeah. Um, I owned it at one stage. Me too. Um, it's, uh, it's marked by competition and by regulatory changes, I would say. Um, I, wouldn't suspect, I wouldn't expect any miracles from... Uh, I know they're working on, on new products. And um, I guess the reason why you would buy it here is on a positive launch of those new products. Um, again, we're in a time in the share market when, when taking risks uh, can reap sizable rewards. Um, 
I would think this is a speculative buy at best. Um, and again, um, if you do get the bounce, uh, don't stay on board and pretend that all of a sudden you've become a long-term shareholder. <laughs> um, I'm a firm believer that if you look at the past of companies, it, it will give you a lot of insights into the future. Yeah. This one has a checkered past. Uh, it really uh, does. Which, which is what you see there on the charts, uh, which basically means it's not for me. Mm. Uh, I'm not in a class, and that's a punt, I'm not in the class of investors that believes that there's a price for everything. Um, some some stocks, even if they're low, it's, I don't care how low they get in price. I'm just yeah. not interested. Not interested. And um, and and this be one? No, uh, that's what I said. You, you could probably give this one a go um, on on the premise that it, it's possible that they have a that the launch of the new product will be will be welcomed positively by the market. They might actually have, uh, given that the expectations previously were so low. They might actually come out with some good results in February, mm. um, but again, uh, it's to be taken with a risk assessment. And again, don't stay on board for too long. So speculative, and, and, and don't blame me if somehow management again disappoints to the downside. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know it's something I'm very fond of saying. You can borrow an idea, but you can't borrow the conviction, can yes. you? So yeah. like this is an idea and this generator. Was, this on was this not show. done with conviction. You know, this is your money, viewers, and you need yes. to own that. And uh, yes. I think the only way to do that is to do lots of reading and build up that conviction yourself. It sounds all care, no responsibility, but I think it's really actually super, super important. Claude, what do you you think about class uh, I believe you may have held some shares in the past too yeah so I I did held in the past and then ages ago I sold when our mutual friend Matt was like yeah yeah and no, I probably don't hold it and then um, I actually have gone done it and done gone the back going back into it because it got down to the lower dollar 40 a dollar 20 kind of range mm. and I want to give the pitch here because okay I can't argue with anything Rudy said in terms of it's true totally legitimate approach not criticizing that approach at all. But here's why I think it's interesting, right? It's not that easy to find um, software stocks that have good business models um, that are trading at a reasonable price. And in order to understand why the share price in class went down so much, it's basically because for a short period around the time they listed, they were stealing market share really quickly. And yeah. then their competitors got going and stop and put a stop to that right meanwhile class is tra trading on this massive multiple like yeah 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 we're winning market share we're going to own this little spot of smsf accounting software which is their what their, their core business is um and and then of course it just the, the heat just came out of it as they stopped growing and then they got new ceos slightly new strategy and the new strategy was like okay i guess just grow it as much as we can now but it's not going to be so easy and start looking at how we can go more horizontally so they had this sort of class uh, portfolio product, which has been a bit of a disappointment really, but uh, that sort of helps push the price even further down. And then now they've moved into this class trust uh, product, which they've just launched in October next year. And that's the big hope in order to reinvigorate organic growth. Now, what else they've done is buy a couple of sort of fairly complementary businesses from the looks of it. And that's managed to keep our revenue growth ticking over nicely. So we've got a situation now I thought its most recent results were good. They actually came in a bit ahead of what I thought. But even so, we've got a situation now that based on analyst estimates, um, you, you've basically got the company earning 7.5 million for FY 2021. That puts it on a PE ratio of 32 for 2021. Meantime, you've got the annualized recurring revenue of 46 million, which has already they've already achieved. 
So the current price, the market cap, is only about 240 million. So it's only trading on a little over five times revenue for a genuine recurring revenue software as a service stock. Now, I think that's just quite good. It's profitable, it pays, it pays dividends. The missing piece of the puzzle here is the market needs to be convinced that the company um, can get organic growth again. And that is going to be whether I get upside here or not. Now, I must say, I must absolutely disclose here, not only did I recently include this one as well in my four stocks that I'm optimistic about 2021, but as I said I would, I was interested in buying it around this $1.90 mark, and I had a limit order sitting on that price range this morning that got triggered when it sold off this morning. So I actually bought shares in this, a little more shares in this, this very day. So please understand that that, that, that disclosure is obviously important. Um, but having said that, for me, I'm, I'm sort of a medium to long-term holder in this. And, and for me, yeah, I'd start taking profits up around the $2 range, maybe $2.20, $2.40. It becomes less attractive because as, as Rudy said, it's a bit of a turnaround and it's not guaranteed that it won't have problems again. But I see a setup, but all these guys need is a little bit of organic growth. And I reckon the market will re-rate them at least up to that $2.40 range and maybe even higher if the actual organic growth is really good. So mm. depending on the results will depend what I do, but I do like it at this price and it's a buy from me. Okay, there we go. Um, that's our first double buy for the show. It was a speculative buy, does that count? It, do, it does count, you know, <laughs> oh, it's, really it's hard. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we have to put it in a bucket, um, but Anyone who's watching the show and paying attention will note the context there, yes. Rudy, which is very, very important. Let's now turn to Bill Identity. Joel wants to know about this company. Never heard of it before. No. BID is the code. Utility spend management software? I mean, I, I know a little bit of it, but for me, it's too small. It, it's, it's, it's too illiquid, too unproven. Um, you don't have to go down that route. To me, it's, for me, it's too, too much risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, too small, it's, it's too much risk for me. But I'm sort of assuming that um, that Claude, who likes to dabble in turnaround stories, <laughs> in particular the tech space, uh, that he knows a little bit more about it. Is that a, is that a fair uh, analysis, Claude? Do you know a bit about Bill I, Identity? I think it's probably fair to, to say that I would have looked at this stock over the years. It used to have a different name, by the way. It was like Beat Energy, I think. Um, and, and they've changed it. I may, I may be wrong. That was certainly the ticker of the other one. Um, though this one for me, this one for me though is in a void. So even though the stocks that I do like are sometimes you know software tech turnarounds or even not turnarounds, um, this one is one that I have said no thank you to. Uh, I think if you look over the years, this one has very consistently had to raise more capital, and I'm not sure if that if it's fair to say today, but in the past, um, I do not think that it has really um, lived up to expectations. What I have seen is, now I might end up eating my words. Sometimes there are stocks that you say no thanks to because you think that they're too risky or whatever. But if, um, yeah, this, this one for me is, um, it's too risky. It's had um, too much uh, dilution over the years. And so I, I, haven't, um, I haven't gone for it at, at this stage and um yeah it's sort of one of those ones that's on the watch list i'm i'm waiting for it to get to a point where i have more uh confidence that it won't need to raise capital anymore a good example of this is like if you look at a company like this which is still losing money so it has ca negative cash outflow this only has done you know i think it's around 12 million revenue a year which is way better than it used to be 
But one, once these stocks... Yeah, once these stocks get to a sort of break-even point, or at least have the ability to get break-even, the risk goes down a little bit more, even if they're not break-even. So that's probably where I'll take another look at this one. So yeah, for me, it's... Uh, I'll have to say even sell probably for me, but I... Yeah, yeah. understood, risky, understood. But it still could have upside. Yeah, um, I, I totally hear what you're saying. So well, one thing Joel's probably noticed here is that the top line has been growing very strongly. So you can see why he's been uh, attracted to it. But some really good points that the gentleman um, would raise. And very quickly, Claude, I can't help but follow on on those comments that you made there. Just because you decide not to buy a stock and it goes up doesn't mean you were wrong if you are true to your process, which I know that both of you guys are. And I think that's a very important lesson for investors. I wish we had more time to get into it, but we don't. So let's instead, Claude, I'm gonna stay with you to talk about Clonuval Pharmaceuticals. CUV is the code there. Sam wants to know, let's see if we can knock this one out in just a minute or two. Okay, well, I'll be quick then. It's definitely one I've followed for years. I definitely think it's one that is worth putting on your watch list just because it's like an interesting little niche business. So it has, uh, you know, drugs that can help people that have rare conditions that mean their skin is way too sensitive to light and they basically can sell these drugs for massive amounts of money because there's you know that they basically have a really good treatment and but what they need of course is somebody to pay for that because most people can't afford these drugs out of their own profit so out of their own pocket rather so basically the the, the tough thing is here these guys need to like basically get more and more government support for paying for people to have their drugs i must note but eventually I did sell this one because there was some governance issues and some sort of just strange behaviors. And if you just Google the AFR, they have the accounts of that since we're going quickly. But basically it, I bought it. It went on this sort of big run at the same time around the top there. You have you know, news reports suggesting that the governance of the company is not so good as it could be. And um, yeah, so for me, I just decided to take profits. It's quite expensive at current prices is also part of the problem, but it's one to watch. Mm -hmm. I do think it has a reasonably good business that will probably keep making profits for quite a few years to come. And they are gradually expanding the markets they can sell into. An interesting business, but not one for right now, according mm -hmm. to Claude. What do you think, Rudy? Yeah, I can, I can speak freely now because it's not going into the portfolio. That's, okay. that's a given. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the best with company names, but I actually think it was Clinouvel. You may well I, be I think right. So. If there's one thing um, I do, it's yeah, butcher pronunciations, yeah. really believe uh, anyway, you. Anyway, it's, um, I think if, if you are the type of investor who can, who can bear the risk of, of investing in a relatively uh, young uh, stage uh, pharmaceutical or biotech, then this is definitely someone, some, a company put on your, on your watch list, mm -hmm. absolutely. The potential here, if they get it right, because they do have a product now, now we, we enter into the company phase. Now they have to get the product to the co consumers, they get the sales team together, regulatory approvals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, no guarantees, but there is, there is a lot of potential here. Mm. This is already, if you think about it, this is already a, a one billion capitalized company for, uh, they, they are profitable, but uh, come on, I mean, the, the, the CEO of CSL eats this for lunch. Huh? Um, it's just as a comparison. So the potential is there, but you have to, again, you have to do it in, in a way that you, you can stomach the mm. volatility and the yeah. disappointments along the way. The upside potentially could be enormous. But then again, if it goes wrong, the we have plenty of examples of that, that yeah. you can easily lose your ha half your money in a day. They're I very mean, binary, these kinds of yes, investments. But, but, but the advantage here is they, they, they have gone through the phase mm. much further than, for example, um, some of the stem cell companies in the market that don't seem to get good news when it matters. Yes. Um, so this, this one has, has already 
advanced much further, mm. which means the risk should be lower, but it doesn't mean it's about risk. So I would say on the watch list with an, with an S from speculative. Okay, okay. Excellent. Rudy, I'm going to stick with you. IGO is the, ah. is the name. It's the code. Yes. And Luke wants to know, what should he do? Nowadays, they call themselves IGO. IGO. <laughs> IGO. It used to be Independence Group. Oh, I see. Those other guys. Okay. Um, I had a look, and, and I think this is part of my problem with, with the current share market, I think. Um, the, the polarization and the, the, the narrative following in momentum is so strong that you have to question how much upside there still is in a share group, which strictly taken no longer is called independence group, but I go. Mm -hmm. How much upside is there from this level? if you realize that most stockbrokers have a price target which is about 50% lower. Oh, okay. And um, so- Not I'm, that the brokers so my, are always so right, but no, it is but Yes, but so my worry here, and I know there's a lot of, um, um, there's a lot of leverage in those companies, mm -hmm. but my worry is that the market has really pulled forward the positive news about a recovering economy in 2021 and um, and that you wouldn't be, I wouldn't be buying here. Let me put it that simple. Okay. Claude, nice quick one from you, if we can. What do you think, buy, sell, or hold? Yeah. So for me, uh, I, I probably can't give a sell because I don't know enough about it. But I just wanted to know that we actually talked about this one in December, and we were sort of saying then, oh, it kind of looks interesting because they're moving into lithium, I think. And I believe that's probably what has mm. driven the share price up. It's a much more exciting narrative. You know, Tesla wants more lithium and all that kind of stuff. So I reckon that's what's driven it up sort of over the last month or so. And for me now, you know, the, the best I could give it would be hold. It's just not the kind of stock that I would hold, though. Um, I do want to find some sort of way to have exposure to this electric vehicles and battery powered kind of thing. But for me, mining is not it uh, for all the reasons of, um, you know, historically mining companies haven't done that well as an en masse. But mm. uh, yeah, basically nothing particularly against it. Just think it's it's run really hard. And yeah, so for me, the best I could give it would be hold, you know, but personally, I'd probably, I would sell it because I, I don't like owning that kind of company. Yeah, it's not a pond that you normally fish in, which, which I can understand. Um, I'm going to stay with you, Claude. Arizona Holdings, the last one for today, A... Horizon. Say it. Horizon. Horizon. Oh Horizon, my yeah. I, now, Did I not you warn to, you, you, gents? You have to sex someone. Some, someone is going to be hell to pay after this show, let me tell I you. I saw that typo too. Horizon Court, AZJ, Gerard wants to know. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that this is sort of a, I guess, a stock that potentially appeals more to your kind of older retiree kind of investor because it's an infrastructure stock, right? What it does is rail uh, connections in particular for a lot of um, resource things. So while with those mining companies, you've got the massive swings, ups and downs, these guys have the ex same exposure to a lot of resource stuff, but are more steady because they're about transporting it, which has to happen no matter how much profits the mining company is making. They're not sort of ridiculously expensive. They're, they're, they're buying back shares. They've got a, a good dividend yield, I believe. I would see this as sort of perhaps a retiree kind of stock. Um, of course, for me, and I just wouldn't do it because I don't want that exposure to all of these big sort of coal projects and stuff that I essentially believe we need to be moving away from. Having said that, there are a lot of people believe what I am just saying then. And as a result, that means fewer people invest and the share price is lower than it maybe would otherwise be. So perhaps that leaves the opportunity for a better deal for those people that are willing to invest in a company that's transporting coal 
to ports. Um, so the, yeah, that that's the true ma- matter of fact situation, basically. It's probably okay from a financial level, but just personally, I don't want a part of that business. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. What about you, Rudy? I think this is the value stock of the day. Okay. Um, Claude said it's not, expi- I think it's actually quite cheap. And the reason is very simple, it's coal. Um, I mean, at, from the moment that um, coal ran into, let's call it, troubled waters, mm. uh, because the main customer doesn't want to buy it anymore, um, and there was already a lot of question marks. Uh, apparently, the contracts they have are pretty secure with, with, with the coal manufacturers in Australia, uh, which is the reason why they can pay out those, those, those big dividends and, and can buy in their own stock. So I think this is, on, on all the stocks we discussed today, I think this is, this is the value stock yep. that is waiting for a trigger. Mm. And the trigger will be a better environment or less impediments to call. And that the share price will rally at some point. I'm, I'm pretty convinced about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the obvious time is when? When is, when, is call, when is the sky going to clear for call? I have no idea. But in the meantime, you're sitting on a stock that is arguably heavily undervalued and gives you a, a, a big dividend. Oh, it's easier to wait when there's a regular when there's cash a, payment. When there's a big dividend, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. on that perspective, for those who, uh, who are the value investors here, and in the meantime, maybe looking out for, for, a, for a dividend stock that is not necessarily going to decline with rising bond yields, uh, Horizon Holdings, otherwise known as Arizona, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, uh, is, is the one to go to, I think. <laughs> I'm not going to live that one down. I should have recognized the code, if anything. And in our little chat here, Gotham's already said, by the way, there's a typo. And I missed it. I missed every chance I had. So let's do a quick summary uh, of these stocks here. And look, we've got a couple of interesting ones here. Class was in our portfolio already. And because we had a buy from both gentlemen, it is going to remain in there. Important context, just to reiterate though, from Rudy's perspective, it is a speculative buy. So to do bear that in mind. When it came to bill identity, that was just a sell from Rudy and outright avoid from, uh, from Claude. Very small, very illiquid. Yes, sales are growing, but it just the guys weren't interested in it. Glenerval Pharmaceuticals, this is one of those companies that's doing wonderful things. They've really managed to overcome a lot of hurdles. They've hit a lot of milestones for this kind of company. Very exciting product. The kind of company, frankly, you, you're glad that is out there working on these kinds of things. All of that being said, you are having to pay up for it at this point of, t- of time. And the guys underlying uh, the, the risk dimension to this one as well. So do, do bear that in mind. Igo, formerly Independence Group, uh, Luke wrote in about that one. Just, uh, just too expensive. Um, you might want to be able to position yourself over some kind of news flow if you know the business well, but the gents just weren't tempted to take a bite of that one. When it came to Arizona Holdings, or should I say Horizon, we had a difference of opinion here. In fact, uh, for Claude, he stood away from it for ethical uh, reasons, which is perfectly legitimate. If that's not what you like, then absolutely you should stay away. But as far as Rudy is concerned, it was a very attractive one from a value perspective. Who knows when that value is going to be recognized by the market, but Rudy, at least you're getting a dividend yeah. along the way. So there you go, folks. They, that is our 10 stocks for the last day of the week. It's always a pleasure to have both Rudy uh, and Claude on the show. Rudy from FN Arena, great to see you. Pleasure to be here. We'll do it again soon, will we? Yes, we will. And Claude, next time, hopefully we can get you in studio because then we can go out and have a bit of lunch or something afterwards. Uh, but until then, mate, yeah. always good. Thank you for your time and keep doing the good work over at A Rich Life. Thank you for having me and Happy New Year to all our viewers as well. 
Well, there we go. Now, remember, we can't do the show without you. So uh, please be sure to send us in the stocks that have uh, piqued your interest. And there's a couple of ways that you can do that. I like Twitter. I think Twitter is good because uh, you can get a bit of a conversation going at times. The handle there is at TV, But of course, email works just as well. The call at ausbiz.com.au. Another reminder too, to check out the portfolio that we are running here at the call. It is doing extremely well. Another hat tip too, to our sponsor, NabTrade, who makes all of that possible. We couldn't run that portfolio without them. So very much appreciate their support. And also, of course, as always, a big thank you to Gotham, who puts up with my competence each and every day. But until next week, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. We'll talk to you again next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.